It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here's Dan Rusinowski. Hello, Sharks fans. Drew Remenda has the day off, but we've got lots to talk about as game number five for the Stanley Cup final is getting set to take place at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. A chance for the Vegas Golden Knights to capture the Stanley Cup for Aiden Hill, the former Sharks goaltender, to skate around the ice with the silver chalice held above his head. And for the entire city of Las Vegas and the entire state of Nevada to celebrate and go absolutely bonkers. That's just the way it's been all through the playoffs for that team. And of course, uh, Sharks fans looking on from the outside and hoping that that is a day that is in their future. But I can tell you, you go back to 2016, you remember when the Stanley Cup was presented to Sidney Crosby at SAP Center at San Jose. And I'll always say that it's one of the most special moments in all of hockey when that happens, whether your team wins or loses. And it was unfortunate that the Sharks only won two of the four possible games that they needed to win the Stanley Cup that year. But uh, with that building uh, so electrified and with that Stanley Cup presented, it's a moment to always remember and certainly to pine for if you're a San Jose Sharks fan. So that's what Vegas is going through right now. Meanwhile, Florida is just trying to stay alive, as they have done so many times during the course of this Stanley Cup playoff run. Let's go to Game 4 coverage and find out exactly how it all happened. First of all, let us start with Chandler Stevenson to make it one nothing Vegas early in the game. Forsling kicks it across, and from the far wall, it's sent across to the right wing, and it comes to the neutral zone. There is Zach Whitecloud, finds his man, down the middle, it's Stevenson, he scores! Whitecloud to Stevenson, and the Knights take a 1-0 lead, less than two minutes into Game 4. The Knights caught the Panthers coming out of their own zone without clear possession of the puck. They were trying to change, though the puck had not even come across the red line. Whitecloud, perfectly placed pass, got it to Chandler Stevenson, who gets his first goal in the Stanley Cup Final at his ninth of the postseason. This is a terrible change. Awful details from the Panthers. Tachuk has his back to the play. He's going to the bench, and that opens a huge lane. White Cloud finds Chandler Stevenson. Chandler had a bunch of shots the other night. Eight attempts and four shots. Couldn't score. Now he's on the board. Chandler Stevenson, who I think should be at least in the conversation for the con Smythe, ended up getting a second goal in the game, and that was in the second period. Hayes rips it forward, tip puck gathered by Stevenson. Backhands it forward, swatted into the zone, down the left wall by Stone. He breaks left circle, looks to the middle of the shot. Stevenson scores! Second of the day for Chandler Stevenson. 2-0 Golden Knights. Once again, Mark Stone, the facilitator for the Golden Knights offense. From the sidewall on the left, put it into the high slot. Chandler Stevenson, two today. 10 in the playoffs, his first two goals of his Stanley Cup final career. The Knights have a 2-0 lead with 12.32 to go second period. They extend their lead. This is the classic version of Mark Stone taking a picture of it where everyone else is on the ice and knowing he gets the puck in, brings it down the wall, 
stops, waits forever to wash past him. Stevenson loses Verhage, just shakes him for a second, and it's a really quick release that beats Bobrovsky. What a play by Mark Stone. And of course, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights for all six years of their existence is somebody that is so valued uh, by head coach Bruce Cassidy and all of his teammates. Uh, that really was a fantastic play that he made. So Stevenson deserves consideration for the Con Smythe Trophy, in my opinion, at least, if uh, the Vegas Golden Knights managed to capture the Stanley Cup. And he's not the only one on the Golden Knights that's a candidate. Of course, Aiden Hill has been outstanding all playoffs and certainly in the final. He's going to get some consideration. Jack Eichel, who very quietly, not necessarily has been scoring a lot of goals, but doing a lot of amazing things behind the scenes to make sure that Vegas is uh, properly wired for victory. Is somebody else that'll probably be in the conversation. And there are probably a couple of others too. Of course, on the Florida side, there's Matthew Kachuk, who's injured now and dealing with that and grinding it out and trying to stay alive. He's somebody that's going to get some consideration, as will Sergei Bobrovsky, the goaltender who's had a remarkable run in the playoffs for FLA. But here it was 2-0 Vegas, really 2-0 Stevenson, and then William Carlson, who seems to have a penchant for scoring important goals, picked up one, and that was in period number two. It back in. Barbashev collides with Gudis far corner. Marcheseau in as well. To the middle. It's Hayne. A wrist shot. Block. Rebound. Score! William Carlson. 3-0 Golden Knights. Nine minutes to play. Second period. William Carlson finds the garbage below the down on the left wing side. Vegas has two goals here in the second period. Meanwhile, with a very quiet assist on that low-high, low play, Jonathan Marchessault picked up his 11th assist of the playoffs on William Carlson's goal, which proved to be the game winner in the contest. And Marchessault's got points in nine straight playoff games, 14 points in that time span. And he's got to be the leading candidate, I think, uh, for the Conn Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player of the playoffs. What a player he is. But again, as I said, there's going to be some real competition. And I'll tell you, William Carlson coming up really huge in that particular moment scored what looked like just a blowout game for Vegas. Turned out to be much closer than that. But uh, Bruce Cassidy, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, talked about what makes Carlson such a big game player. Well, he has a calmness about him. If you see him as a person, he's, he's a quiet guy. He's, he's you know, very businesslike. Uh, he's personable, certainly, but... It, he just go, you know, to me, he's a true professional. And I've, I found that with, you know, I'm making a generalization, but a lot of the Swedes you coach are, are, are typical like that. They're very detail-oriented, and they, they play a team first game. They just do. Um, and I think with Carly, has a skill set that allows him to do that, too. If there's pressure um, or situations where it's loud and, and there's stuff going on, he's pretty good at, because he's calm, at, figuring it out because he's a very, very cerebral player. One of his best in, uh, attributes is his hockey sense, and he has great skating ability to separate. So I think he can slow the game down in the moment, and that's why he's probably good in these situations, and he doesn't let um, things get to him. He's a very kind of, like I said, goes about his business, and he's able to keep his composure uh, during f you know, physicality or when there's a lot of stuff going on. 
He's very good at it. Boy, he sure is. And of course, Jonathan Marcheseau, as I mentioned, nine game point scoring streak, doing everything that the head coach of the Golden Knights could dream for. And of course, coaching Boston all these years, you don't see Jonathan Marcheseau quite as often as you would if you were the coach of the San Jose Sharks. So a lot of people were wondering from Bruce Cassidy, what things he notices now that make Marcheseau a special player and what he has seen from him this year. Well, I looked at it as a guy who could score goals and make plays, but you don't see the um, little spitfire in him, so to speak, right? Uh, I mean, I know he he certainly earned his way up. I When I was coaching in the minors, he was playing on certain teams, so it wasn't automatic for him. He has a good year, and then he gets picked up, so there's a little bit of that. Might be a chip on his shoulder, too, type of thing. But So you don't know those inner workings of the player other than what he does on the ice. So I see a guy who... Tell you what I learned about him. He's here every day with his kids. He's a good hockey dad. He's coaching his kids. He's working with them every day. They run around the locker room, so that's great to see. Um, a very, very competitive guy. And every drill, he's got to win in practice. And if he does, you hear about it. So uh, there's always guys like that in the room that bring up the energy level. So those are the things I wouldn't have known about him. Um, and it's good for our room. He's, he's great for our room. Um, there's a lot of back and forth when he's involved in anything in practice, and he can elevate the, our practice level days that there isn't energy. So you need a few of those guys as well. What's interesting is that Marcheseau is having a playoffs for the ages, but the Florida Panthers in the face of that are not quitting. And you would expect that from a team that's had the topsy-turvy playoff runs that they've had, beating Boston in round one, eventually beating Carolina and, and just moving on and and you know, beating Toronto. Uh, th- these are big, big moments for the Florida Panthers and their coaching staff. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was really played out in this particular game when the Panthers, again, refusing to quit, down 3 nothing, started to mount a comeback. And, of course, that brought back memories of game number seven against the Vegas Golden Knights back here in 2019 when the Sharks were down 3 nothing and on the verge of being eliminated in the series and came back in, in such famous fashion with, uh, the five-minute major penalty called against Cody Eakin. And then, of course, Barkley Goodrow getting the game winner in overtime in a moment that will forever be etched in the history of San Jose Sharks hockey. But let's get back to this game. Florida, again, not quitting, coming back and scoring a little bit later in the second period at 16.09. Over to the far side, rolling puck and Stone with it for Vegas. Had it torn away by Anton Lundell. Across here's Barco. Markov up the near side. Look to push it along down to our right. Now one. A pinballing puck put on net. They score. Brandon Montour with the shot from the right point. It took a couple of bounces. The Panthers will take it, and they get back to within a pair. You hear that uncertainty followed by the jubilation from broadcaster Doug Plagens in calling that goal by Brandon Montour. A huge one for Florida before the end of the second period to get them going. And Alexander Barkov stepping up with the, the primary assist and the only assist on that goal, getting things going for his team. That's another hugely important factor as we go to game five tonight in Vegas, because with Matthew Kachuk not at 100%, they're going to need Alexander Barkov. They're going to need Aaron Ekblad to really step things up. And, of course, Sergei Bobrovsky is going to have to be absolutely dominant. So good to see that toward the end of the second period. And then in the third, it would be Barkov himself that would make it a tight game. To Lundell, left wing side. Down low, Montour back in in front right circle shot, and they score! Barkov, and the Panthers are back to within one. 16-10 to play here in the third, and the Panthers 
get the one they were looking for here early in the final frame of regulation. That was a big one at 3.50 of the third period. Still plenty of time left in this contest for the Panthers to come back, maybe putting a seed of doubt or two into the Vegas side of things. But Barkov from Montour and Lundell getting that very important goal to make it a one-goal game. And, oh, yes, uh, Anton Lundell, somebody that really has been stepping up with the injuries to a variety of players. He was there with Barkov in the third. And Aaron Ekblad, after the game, was talking about the uh, contributions and the value that uh, Lundell has for his team. Yeah, Lundy's almost like a mini Barky. We uh, we joke around about not so many. He's tall. He's strong. Uh, he can play the game. He's a great centerman. So, um He's obviously a great guy to have down the middle of the ice for us, and, and he makes great plays all over the ice. He can PK. Uh, he can play on the power play. Um, he's kind of in all situations, all, all uh, kinds of player, kind of player. And, uh, you know, he follows Barky around off the ice and does all of the same off-ice workouts and stuff like that, which uh, is never easy. So um, the way he emulates Barky's game and, and uh, they feed off each other and, and uh, the way he brings just so much to our lineup is obviously a great, great thing to have. Interesting comments about Anton Lundell, who always plays well against the San Jose Sharks. Right now, he's got two goals and eight assists in 20 playoff games for the Florida Panthers, so he's in the middle of their scoring. Matthew Kachuk, of course, at the top with 24 points right ahead of Carter Verhage, and those are the guys that have been getting things done. Barkoff right behind them with 16 points on the season. So very interesting to, to hear about these role players, about these important guys that have to step up in the playoffs. Lundell has been one of those dealing with some of the bumps and the bruises that everybody has to go with. And nice to hear uh, Ekblad talking about it because he's such an important part of the team. Uh, that's a, another interesting thing. The way this game ended, it really was a push for Florida. And you could hear Doug Plagen's voice get really excited at the end as Aiden Hill stopped what would have been a disallowed goal anyway because time had expired. But uh, what a focus for Hill. Markov leans in. He wins the draw. Reinhardt to the point Montour. Montour across for Hagee. Montour up top. Montour to Reinhardt. A drive. It's blocked by White Cloud. Reinhardt back out in front. Montour six seconds. Montour for Hagee. A shot save. Hill. And the loose puck is fought for. Played out front. A shot. Hill the save. The horn sounds. And the Golden Knights hang on to take game four. Three, two. And we've got all kinds of altercations down there at ice level now we've got a pile back in behind the net for Hagee's on top of a golden night out in front Aiden Hill even has his mask off now yeah, Matthew Kachuk is trying to get a Petrangelo going back to the earlier part of the series they've been at odds with one another and Petrangelo and Kachuk still having a little exchange now Bennett comes in to grab Petrangelo as Barkov has a hold of Petrangelo now and this thing's not concluding as White Cloud and Verhage exchange a shove or two. Braden McNabb and Sam Bennett are pulled off one another. Well, at the end of all that, the headline of the story here is that the Vegas Golden Knights have taken game four, and now they have a three games to one lead in this 2023 Stanley Cup final as the series goes back to Vegas for Tuesday's Game 5. Obviously, once again, some intense moments of emotion followed by some crestfallen thoughts from the Florida Panthers' side. Let's hear how it sounded on the Vegas side of things. Panthers high on the left side. Montour around to the right. Montour again. 
Here in a six on four. Reinhardt shoots, blocked. White Cloud stick breaks. Centering pass kicked away by Carlson. Five seconds to the right. A shot blocked by McNabb. Rebound is loose. Pushed to the corner. And time runs out. The game is over. The Knights survive. Now a big pile in front of the goal. Hill jumps in as well. His helmet is off. Several players tackling each other. The linesman now restrained Hill. Several things are being thrown onto the ice as we speak. The Knights have won game four, barely surviving. There was a scrum in the crease in the final seconds. Petrangelo coming onto the ice to join his team to celebrate is then met by multiple Panthers. Matthew Kachuk going after him. The game is over. The Golden Knights have won it 3-2 and lead the Stanley Cup final three games to one. We'll have a chance to clinch the Stanley Cup on home ice Tuesday at T-Mobile Arena. One thing it was for certain, goaltending was outstanding in this game. Sergei Bobrovsky had some pretty big saves early on. Mark Stahl tied up, puck taken away out front of shot. Save Bobrovsky on Riley Smith right out in front of the net. And he keeps the Panthers within one once again. 14-31 to go here in this second period. one nothing Vegas. Here are two saves on Ivan Barbashev and Nick Haig. Forsling plays it off to the far corner. Scramble for loose puck in front of chances. Hey, Bobrovsky on Barbashev. Out to the line. A drive from Haig didn't get through. And the Panthers bring it along. Kachuk then to Verhage. And he'll charge along. So a couple of big saves there by Sergei Bobrovsky. And then, of course, in the third period, Eichel had an opportunity. Back behind the net, Marcia Soap giving toward Barbashev. The pass didn't arrive because Sam Bennett got back out front. Eichel, a shot, a save, Bobrovsky. Barbashev recovered that loose puck, played out front for Eichel, and Sergei Bobrovsky robbed him. Saving the bacon, Sergei Bobrovsky. Panthers, three players down low below the goal line, and Barbashev able to get control of the puck, and right between the hash marks in the middle of the ice, right in the throat of the slot, Eichel looking skyward. Bobrovsky's best hit of the night at the most important time. Well, that's for sure. It was 3-2 at that point, and so the Vegas Golden Knights had not sealed the deal yet. As you heard earlier, they would seal it at the very end, but a lot of that had to do with Aiden Hill. Here are some of his big saves. Knights got the only two power play goals of game number three. Puck out in front. Oh, Hill reaching to his left. Stops Kachuk. What a save. Reaching to his glove side. And now a hit from Barbashev, taking out number 13, Sam Reinhardt. Panthers in a shot. Hill the save. Stopping Sasha Barkov from the right circle at close range. Set high in the air. It bounces around at the line. Comes in for Hagee. Shoots. Blocker save. Rebound put across the net mouth and wide. Down to the right circle. A shot. Kick saved by Hill. Rebound taken by Vegas. Anton Lundell with a great opportunity from the right side. Vegas leads the series 2-1. Tip pass comes in. Barkov across to the right. Centering pass. Tipped on. Save. Rebound and a scramble. Puck to the corner. Puck is on the near boards in the night zone. Petrangelo gave it away. Puck comes out in front. Hill snatches it. Calm and cool. The save that he made at the end of the game wouldn't have counted anyway because of the fact that time had already expired. But yet it's another example of the type of playoffs that Aiden Hill is having. The former Sharks goaltender is having an outstanding postseason, stopping 93.4% of all shots that he's faced. He's 10-4, and and this is his very first time in Stanley Cup playoff competition. Now, if you had said at the very beginning of the season in Las Vegas, Aiden Hill was going to be your goaltender in the Stanley Cup final, and you'd be he'd be playing the way he is. What would you say? 
Well, Alec Martinez, the longtime multiple Stanley Cup champion for the Vegas Golden Knights, had some thoughts about that when he was asked that question. I probably would have said, hell yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, you know, if you could fast forward through time and they say, you know, if you could sign a document and say that your one went away. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, each season has its own story. Um, written along the way. And I think, uh, you know, there are times where, you know, you're going to, you're going to need your, your depth in the organization. And, um, you know, I think that's just kind of a testament to, to the organization of putting together, you know, so many good hockey players that can, can step up at, at, at important times. And I mean, clearly Hill, Hilly's done that in spades. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier. I, I Obviously, I didn't. I, I knew just from playing against them a little bit, um, you know, at the beginning of the year. But you know, I mentioned it at the beginning of, uh, of the series, or um, you know, on that media day, that I, I don't think that there's a, a guy in this room that's surprised at, at his success. I mean, the guy, he puts his work in both on and off the ice. Um, he's a great team guy, great guy in the locker room, um, and. You know, unfortunately, the injuries are a part of the game, and and um, you know he did everything in his power when 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 he got injured himself to get back and put himself into a position to be successful. And um, you know he was called upon, and and you know he's handled it obviously extremely well. So um, yeah, like I said, if someone if you told me that in day one, I would have said, well, that's that's pretty awesome. If, uh, if we made it that far and put ourselves in that, that opportunity. That's Alec Martinez of the Vegas Golden Knights, who should, certainly should know all about winning the Stanley Cup. He's done it a couple of times, and his team is one win away. Same thing um, talking about Hill was echoed by the other players in the locker room as well. Here's Braden McNabb. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, right? He's, uh, he's, I always remember playing against him. He, you know, he gave us fits when we played against him. And, you know, he's a big body and he plays well. Uh, you know, we've had injuries on our goaltending. We've had guys come in and out. Guys play really well uh, when, they're, when they're asked. And, uh, you know, Logan stepped up at certain times of the year. Hilsey, obviously, um, and LB and Quickie, right? You know, they, they won some big games for us, so it's been, uh, it's been good efforts by all of them. And the other players he's talking about, of course, Logan Thompson, who's got to feel uh, to be the loneliest guy uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights roster for all of his injury problems this year. He was supposed to be the number one goaltender. And, of course, veteran Jonathan Quick is the backup, and that is outstanding insurance to have. Yes, he's coming near to the end of his career, but all of that extra experience has got to be helpful for Hill whenever he needs to get any advice from another fellow member of the goaltenders union. What are some of the things that Aiden Hill is doing mentally to deal with the challenge that he faces now with game five? Well, Bruce Cassidy, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, talked about some of that. He's one of those guys that we've got to keep an eye on to make sure, you know, that hasn't had it yet. He's playing great. So, I mean, what do you say to him, right? You want to just to you know, keep going. So it's just a position you play where there's a lot of mental challenges, spotlights on you, both good and bad. Um, so it'll be a challenge for him. But he's handled all those things up to this point. So I think he'll be fine. The good thing he's got Jonathan Quick right there to go to who's been through it all. So I think that'll, that helps him as well. Um, Sean and him have a great relationship. Um, so if anything's, I think if there's anything is there, he'll, 
certainly reach out to those guys and hopefully that'll help him. But I, I don't think there is. I think he's fine. He's just got that personality. Well, he definitely does. And, of course, Sharks fans remember Aiden with some outstanding calm efforts in goal in which he played very well. A game against Calgary comes to mind a couple of years ago when he was in the Nets and the, the, the Sharks ended up beating the Flames in their own building. So no surprises about Aiden Hill stepping up to the challenge. We continue now with the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. And so now we talk about game number five. The Stanley Cup is in the building, and you wonder if there's a little bit of a different vibe with the guys in Vegas and with the entire community because their team has an opportunity to win it. And obviously that must make a big difference. Alec Martinez has been through this before. In fact, he scored a, a Stanley Cup championship winning goal in overtime when he was a member of the Los Angeles Kings. So he's pretty qualified to talk about what the atmosphere should be like with the cup there. Well, I think it's uh, it's only human nature for your mind to wander a bit to know what's at stake. But I think you got to fight that. Um, you know, I think it's finding the balance of Again, knowing what's at stake. I mean, we've known the entire playoffs what our goal was. When you know, obviously, and um, and going to the final, you know what's at stake at the at the end of it. So it's just trying to maintain that balance of approaching it, just like every other game, and um, you know, and trying to get to your game as quickly as possible. I mean, Florida's, uh, you know, they're a really tough opponent. You could. You could definitely see that in each game, especially in their building. Um, you know, they came out, they're very aggressive and really good hockey club. So um, you got to be ready for that and yeah, just take take the same approach as every other. Ivan Barbashev, who certainly has had a major factor for Vegas, also appreciates the emotion and the excitement he's getting from the home fans. They always help us uh, to get some energy, to be honest. You know, uh, they're great and uh, they've been outstanding this playoffs and, uh, you know, Basically, since I got here, it's a great, it's a great place to, uh, to play in front of my uh, fans. And, um, yeah, it just, uh, it's really good to see. Riley Smith, who's certainly been part of many big games for the Golden Knights, is expecting a lot today. I mean, it shouldn't change. Uh, I feel like our fan base here has been excited since our first year and been cheering us on for practices and pregame skates all the time. So uh, it's great for us. It definitely keeps the, uh, the emotion level high. Um, you know, I, I think this is a pretty focused group and we know what's at stake. We obviously love the positivity, but, uh, you know, we still have work to do and, and we're focused on that. And you have to stay focused on that. You have to balance the emotion with the needs of the game. And of course, there's so much that could happen in this contest. Bruce Cassidy, coach of the Golden Knights, talked about that. Well, that's a good question. How you, you balance that because I think, I mean, I've heard a few of the players say it. We're we're aware of what's at stake and how big a game this is for guys as individuals, but the organization, the city, all those things. And but it's what we play for, so we're we're ready for it. Um, we've just played Florida four times, so we have a feel for. I mean, they're gonna. Every team changes a little thing. We don't change your whole game. We know uh, what we're up against and how we need to play to win. So. I think that part, once the puck drops, is, is fine. As long as you can get there to the puck drop where you know, your mind is where it's supposed to be and not on all the, the other things that go along with it, right? So and that's, sometimes that's maturity. And I, I like that about our group. They've been there. They, some of them missed once. A number of them have gotten it. And there's a small group of guys. It's their first time. So 
the first time guys, I'd be a little more, they may be a little more anxious or nervous. Um, so we'll have to make sure we're, we're communicating with them or getting to them to make sure they're in a good place. But that's what the older guys in the room have done all year for these, uh, you can't replicate this circumstance, but you know, other circumstances like it. So I think, like I said, we'll be in a good place. Yeah, they're in a good place up three games to one. They've got home ice for the contest tonight at T-Mobile Arena. But you can't forget about the fact that the Florida Panthers are there and they are intensely involved in trying to stay alive and bring that series back to Florida. Aaron Ekblad talked about where he feels the team is right now in an interview with Billy Jaffe on the NHL Network. Uh, well, we've faced adversity so many times throughout the season, and uh, there's never been any quit in our group. So uh, we're excited for the opportunity to get out there for Game 5 and, and uh, find a way to change the series for the better for us. Sergei Bobrovsky, who's certainly a Conn Smythe Trophy candidate, win or lose, says that you just have to maintain your focus and stay in the now. I don't think about the series, you know, I'm thinking about the one game, one moment at a time and uh, yeah, as I said, it was, uh, it was a good hockey game, it was, uh, so it's, it was, was great to be, great to play, it was great atmosphere, you know, it was, it was so much fun. Unfortunately, we are on the losing side of this game, but it was still was a great hockey game. Brandon Montour, who certainly has been fighting through some injury problems over the course of the playoffs, talked about the fight within the group that has to come to the fore. We're fighting back, you know, that third period, we're a desperate team and we're dangerous. I think, obviously, they might be sitting back a little bit, 3 nothing, but um, we just got to keep pushing, you know, we got it in this group. Can they take that final push and have it build into game number five? Aaron Ekblad talked about that. Yeah, there's pieces of our game we can take from every game in this series. Um, Obviously not the result we wanted, but uh, coming out in the third period and building that momentum is going to be important for us, we think. But the only thing on Coach Paul Maurice's mind is that Florida needs to give their fans another game at FLA Live Arena. I believe fully we've earned the right to play our best hockey. You know, in, a, in a difficult situation, all we want to do is get this thing back here. That's, that, that's our, it's not the series, it's not a game, it's just get this thing back home um, and give our fans another look at us. So. We'll go there, we'll have a game plan, we'll, uh, it'll be 90% of this will be just mindset of, of how, we're, how we react to the drop of that puck. It's always possible to see another game forced when a team is facing elimination, and that's the drama for T-Mobile Arena fans tonight. The Florida Panthers fans are hoping for a game six in Florida, and certainly we are too. Either way, Drew Amender will be back with me tomorrow to give you the analysis of game number five and look ahead to a game six if one is necessary. Until then, so long for now. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.